Hello and welcome to our NFL Week 8 Rundown Show. Our guest, once again, is the host. Host, how have you been? Uh, doing really well, Alex. Uh, hoping we have another uh, great weekend of football, including uh, another Steelers victory. We'll get into that later in the episode. But uh, I want to start off with some NFL news. Uh, Brown going back to Rome Ford. Um, he was listed as out going into the week, but actually, based on his practice um, today, they're saying he's questionable versus Seahawks game. Kareem Hunt is going to be the main back. Um, how do you think this affects Brown's run again? Again, this week. He had that long touchdown run against the Colts last weekend as well. Yeah, this this could affect the uh, the Browns' running game. Obviously, you know the loss of Nick Chubb earlier in the season, and now uh, this, and you know PJ Walker. Uh, how much this guy doesn't need any more pressure on him uh, filling in as the backup for uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, especially going to Seattle uh, and playing in that atmosphere. This could end up being a big deal for the Browns uh, if if they lose another quality running back. And additionally, I saw that today they worked out uh, former Steelers running back Benny Snell. We'll move into another um, another injury news. Bills play tight end Dalton Knox on injured reserve after his wrist surgery. Um, additionally, they had their new tight end Dalton Kincaid that they just drafted. He had a touchdown. Right in their Thursday night victory. What do you think about the Bills tight end room going forward? Uh, well, they drafted this kid, uh, Kincaid. Uh, he came through last night, of course, but the touchdown uh, right away, you could see the uh, benefits of why they drafted him. Uh, big target for uh, Josh Allen. Um, they also got uh, Gabe Davis more involved in the, in the offense last night. They did score a lot of points. But uh, they didn't need a, again. They didn't need a lot of points to beat Tampa. But uh, I think uh, when uh, Dawson Knox if he does come back, uh, having him and Dalton Kincaid out there along with Stefan Diggs, that could be uh, some trouble for opposing defense. All right, we're moving to some NFL games this weekend. AC North matchup: Cincinnati Bengals three and three against San Francisco 49ers five. Team is being played in San Francisco. Minus San Francisco minus four. Joe Burrow has seven touchdowns, four interceptions last season. Brock Purdy, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. Bengals have two wins in a row, beating Arizona 34 20 and Seattle 17 13. Cleveland uh, um, 49ers lost to Cleveland two weeks ago, 19 17 in last week on Monday Night Football. 22-17. Um, additionally, we have Brock Purdy, who might not play in this game. It might be Sam Darnold, um, who ends up getting the start. Um, trying to snap San Francisco's two-game losing streak as um, Purdy suffered a concussion sometime during the, they think, on a QB sneak during the Monday night game. What do you think about both teams' chances? Oh, oh, Cincinnati coming off a bye uh, and getting two uh, wins, one against, like you said, Arizona and a 
big key win against Seattle, which seems to be uh, looks like a, a playoff team. Joe Burrow's been playing better. Uh, he just had another uh, longer rest to heal that calf. Him and Jamar Chase have uh, recently found that connection that's been so dynamic uh, the past few seasons. Uh, they look uh, to come in this game <laughs> getting points. Uh, I know they're three and three, but uh, if you followed Cincinnati uh, the last few seasons, and I know every season's not the same, but this is where they start to pick up a lot of steam and get the season going is after the bye week. So we'll see if that can continue for them. Uh, on San Francisco's uh, side, uh, Brock Purdy uh, with the concussion uh, still could be a game time decision. Uh, we don't know uh, what that's going to be until we get into the weekend, of course, to see what how he progresses. Uh, Christian McCaffrey looked fine uh, from that injury, oblique uh, injury that he uh, was a scare there. Uh, still have Brandon Ayuk, still have George Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel, I believe, is still out for this game. Uh, I don't, I don't think uh, if Brock Purdy sits, Alex and Sam Darnold comes in. I don't think they miss a beat. Uh, I think they get, uh, I think they get a quarterback. What a stronger arm. I, as you, you listen to my show, I'm not high on Brock Purdy. I just think he's part of the uh, Kyle Shanahan system, uh, whereas you could throw in any quarterback besides Trey Lance. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think Sam Brown would be fine. But I just think Cincinnati has more momentum right here uh, at the time of this game. I like the Bengals. I honestly picked 49ers in this one just to see if Sam Darnold can be good as Brock Purdy. The Bengals definitely have momentum, and I should be picking them more often. I did pick San Francisco. Move to another AFC North match with Cleveland Browns 4 2 on the road in Seattle against the 4 2 Seahawks. Line is Seahawks minus 3.5. Sean Watson, four touchdowns, three interceptions on season. Geno Smith, seven touchdowns, four interceptions on the season. Browns come in winning two straight um, with the last weeks against the Colts being on the road. San Francisco, 19. They won 19-17. Last week against the Colts, Team Hunt scored on the um, 15 seconds left to win 39-38. Seahawks beat Arizona last week 28-10 to and lost to Cincinnati two weeks ago, 17-13. to um, As we said, likely Deshaun Watson won't play again, and it will be P.J. Walker as quarterback. Jerome Ford, uh, we said at the top of this, but it's questionable. So, Green Hunt will be starting back again. They signed him a couple of weeks ago. How do you feel about this Browns team's chances on the road against uh, I don't like these chances. Uh, as we just uh, briefly talked about uh, Ford being uh, out of this game uh, and now P.J. Walker uh, being inserted. I know P.J. Walker uh, came into that game last week uh, and they ended up still winning, beating the Colts. Uh, this is going to be a different atmosphere. You know, it has, this is one of the most hostile places to play in the NFL in Seattle. Uh, Seattle also has uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, D.J. Metcalf, uh, Geno Smith. Uh, all these guys are are playing at uh, a pretty uh, you know consistent uh, throughout the season so far. Uh, I don't see Cleveland uh, winning this game on the road. It's a it's a long trip out to the West Coast. Uh, you know they they snuck out that win against San Francisco. Snuck out that game against the Colts last weekend. I don't think they're going to do that this week. I like Seattle in this game. 
Yeah, I think um, Seattle might be better than both those two teams right now, honestly. And the Browns have gotten a rest house the last two weeks in a row. Um, you know, they still honestly could win the game, but I think you'd have to go with Seattle in this one. All right, move on to some college games this weekend. We got number six, Oklahoma Sooners versus Kansas Jayhawks, who are 5-2, and two, Sooners 7-0. and oh. The line is Sooners minus 9. It's being played at Kansas. Um, last week, Sooners beat East Week. That one against UCF, 31-29. And they beat Texas two weeks ago, 34-30. And Kansas lost last week against Oklahoma State, 39-32, and beat UCF, 51-22. Last year, when these play, these two teams played, Oklahoma won 52-42. What do you think about Kansas' chances against Oklahoma in this game? Uh, I, I don't like Kansas' chances. Uh, and the line seems pretty low to me, uh, eight and a half. Uh, I know uh, Oklahoma didn't cover last week uh, in their game that they were involved in. Uh They've got to be more focused this game. Uh, Kansas is a, a better team. Uh, that could give them a scare, but I don't think so. Uh, Gabriel for Oklahoma has just been a stud so far, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, he's going to come through in this game. I, I think Oklahoma uh, continues to uh, be undefeated. They're going to move to 8-0 after uh, Saturday. Yeah, Kansas has actually been better in football these last couple of years, but I, yeah, like you said, I got to go with the favorites in this one. This one um, should be a fairly competitive game, at least for a couple quarters. Like you said, Dylan Gabriel, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions. Kansas quarterback, nine touchdowns, two interceptions on the season. We move to BYU Cougars. This is number seven, Texas Longhorns being played in Texas. Texas is minus 20 favorites. In this one, Keenan Slovis has former Pitt quarterback with 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. Clinton Sewers, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions for Texas. Um, this is a game where they, Texas will be starting their Redford, Redford freshman quarterback, Malik Murphy, with his first start against BYU. How do you think, um, before I get to that, BYU beat Texas Tech last week, 27-14, lost to CCU, 44-11. Texas beat Houston 31-24 and lost Oklahoma 34. So the, how do you like the freshman QB's chances? Um, you know, anytime uh, you get a freshman QB in there, uh, he's going to be nervous. Uh, you know, you, you, he's expected to uh, do well, especially because he plays for Texas. Uh, of course, they're going to be at home. Uh, a lot of eyes on him. Uh, anytime you put any quarterback in this kind of spot, uh, you don't know how they're going to perform, especially in their first start. And especially going up against it uh, against a decent uh, BYU team. Uh, like you just said, uh, they beat Texas Tech. They've beaten Cincinnati. Uh, they beat Arkansas so far on the season. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't put past if BYU could hang around in this game. 20 points uh, seems to be a lot of points uh, to be laying with a freshman quarterback in his first start. Uh, Texas is probably going to win this game. Don't uh, don't get me wrong, but I don't think BYU is going to upset them. But twenty points uh, to me seems pretty uh, intriguing to take, uh, especially with a I, like I said, a freshman quarterback. Yep, could be a half decent game, um, but I do expect Texas to win, like you said. 
move on quickly to a couple other NCAA games. Um, I'd like to get your quick thoughts on the Ohio State Wisconsin game late um, tomorrow night. Do you think we'll win now? Well, Ohio State, a big win uh, last week against um, uh, Penn State at home. Uh, Penn State offense looked uh, just a little too overwhelmed uh, playing against that Ohio State defense. Uh, you know, they weren't playing UMass anymore. Uh, Ohio State defense came out strong in that game, held Penn State in check most of the game. Now they travel to Wisconsin. Uh, this was Wisconsin team, uh, they're, they're five and two. Uh, you know, led by uh, the the big running back, Allen, you know, 704 yards on the season. But like I just said, uh, this is the uh, the toughest defense he's probably going to face. Uh, they're going to – Ohio State's going to be ready for him. Uh, I know it's a road game, uh, but this should be uh, easy pickings for Ohio State. It's 14 and a half points. I don't know if I'd necessarily lay it, uh, especially being a, a night game. But uh, Ohio State should come out with a victory in this game. And what do you think about the Georgia versus Florida game? Who do you think won that one? Uh, this, you know, this is the uh, – you're talking Georgia-Florida, right? Is that what you said, Alex? Yep. Yeah, this is the, you know, the the, uh, the big game they play every year in Jacksonville. Uh, the Georgia uh, – been dominant all year. Uh, they'll continue to dominate this game and this series. They're going to move to two and zero. What do they call it, Alex? The biggest cocktail party is that? that that's what they call this game every year because <laughs> uh, of all the partying that goes on in Jacksonville. These two schools get together. Uh, they'll be drinking the drinks early if you're Georgia because I think they're going to win big. Did want to talk about some of the Michigan signs stealing allegations that were, you know, news coming out late last week and into this week. Um, obviously, Michigan accused of having some staffers, um, Connor Stan- Stallions, um, paying to watch, um, paying to buy tickets to watch other teams um, in, in their games to scout potentially future Michigan opponents and some of the teams that could have made the college football playoff and also um, 10-ish Big Ten games. What do you think about the Michigan situation going on right now? Well, it, it's it's just not uh, Michigan. I don't think we're, we're what the pitcher, the big picture is here, Alex. How many other teams are really doing this? Uh, Michigan just happened to get caught. And did you see the rumor or alleged rumor Alex, I know you probably saw this, of Ohio State planted a guy into the Michigan message board to figure out what was going on with this, to oust him of this. You, have you seen that rumor? <laughs> I, I kind of laughed at when I, when I saw that. But it wouldn't, put, it wouldn't be surprised me yeah. if Ohio State really did do something like that, you know? But uh, this is – I think every team does this, Alex. I think every team is stealing signs. I, I think every big school that – um, wants to wants to win and wants to compete. I think everybody's doing this. I think Ohio State's stealing signs, and uh, it's just part of the game. Now, what what can you do to them if it is true that this guy's been uh, buying tickets at games and, and watching the signs and seeing what's going on? Well, you you can't stop it. Uh, who who he may not be the only guy. Uh, 
again, and it, this might not be the only team doing it. So I, I don't know how to stop it. I don't know if it's going to become a big deal, but obviously nothing's going to happen this year. You're not going to put some ban on a team halfway through the season when they're seven and oh, eight and oh, whatever Michigan is. But um, I, I, I really don't know what to to uh, you know say. I know there's a lot of Michigan haters out there that want Michigan to go down, but I, I'm I'm all for it. Whatever helps you to win. Uh, stealing signs is part of uh, most sports, baseball especially. Uh, you know, stealing coaches' signs in basketball when they hold up the fingers and see what kind of play they're going to run. Same thing. Uh, it's it's all part of sports, and uh, you know. Fans are going to have to deal with it because Michigan is right now is just, you know, being really dominant in college football. I heard the one rumor that allegedly TCU was using fake signs to uh, try to try to throw off Michigan last year. I don't obviously know if that's true or not. And then what do you think about there's been some push to bring um, like how a uh, mic. Mike's into the helmet, so like they have at the NFL um, to possibly reduce signs. Well, they should do that, and you know, then the then the uh, the coach who calls in the play can cover up his mouth with the uh, with the play sheet, and then you don't have these guys on the side of the field with all the signs that have like pineapples yeah. on them or cartoon characters or letters or anything like that. I think that would uh, stop that. I don't know why the college doesn't adapt to what the NFL does. We'll see if that ever gets implemented at us level. And we'll see what, if anything, happens to Michigan going in the future. They play Purdue um, at this game this weekend. Moving on to Pittsburgh Steelers, who, first of all, play Jacksonville Jaguars at home this weekend. Start off with some news as they uh, once again put Pat Fry moves on the injured reserve. He was been on injured reserve since like first or second week. Um, they they re-upped his injured reserve um, late last week. What do you think about Pat Fry move uh, injury status? Um, it, it's it's definitely a big loss. But the thing is, uh, he hasn't really been producing so far like he has his first two seasons. So maybe it isn't uh, as big as a loss as we're both thinking. Uh, gives a chance for uh, you know the new guy out of uh, Georgia to get in there and uh, get some more reps. Maybe he can learn the offense a little better. Maybe Connor Hayward can get more involved. And I think, like we talked about last week, I think the big addition uh, for the offense was uh, getting Deontay Johnson back in there. As long as he is uh, stays healthy, I know he set out a practice this week with with, uh, with his hamstring, but uh, as long as he is still out there. I think that opens up the field and the, the play sheet and it opens up the offense more for the Steelers. Yep. Uh, additionally, Steelers signed linebacker Caleb Johnson and a tight end to for that purpose of Scotty Washington. This is to their practice squad. Um, additionally, Deontay Johnson missed practice yesterday, but it was more precautionary. He practiced today, so he'll be go get to go for Sunday. And Additionally, Cam Haywood started practicing again this week. He likely won't play Sunday, but he could be back any time now. Um, what do you feel about Cam Haywood coming back in the lineup? Uh, we, well, we definitely need him in there to stop the run. And 
Uh, I know they opened up his 20-day window. I don't see him, uh, as you just said, I don't. we don't see him playing this week. He's probably not going to play on the short week uh, against Tennessee on Thursday night. He definitely could be back in the lineup against Green Bay uh, in, the, in the next coming weeks here, that third home game of the three in a row that they're going to play. Now we'll talk a little bit about Steelers' game last weekend where they ended up coming back in the fourth quarter to beat the Los Angeles Rams on the road, 24-17. He picked it 17-20, yards, no interceptions. He did have a rushing um, touchdown. Najee Harris and Jay Warren both had rushing touchdowns. They did not have a rushing touchdown going into the game. They ended up with three during the game. Um, another big play was TJ to get the momentum going with TJ Watts interception. And they ended up icing the clock after a questionable spot on fourth and one um, to end up winning the game. It was Steelers used the final 528 of the game to beat the Rams Sunday, never bring the defense back on the field. First time Pittsburgh's used the final five plus minutes to end the game since 2016. How did you feel about the um, Rams game? Uh, I thought we were going to see the same thing that usually happens in the first half. Uh, offense wasn't doing much. Uh, you know, Rams were easily moving the ball and then passing it to the Puka kid. Uh, you know, this looked like it was going to be the same kind of Steeler game that we've been seeing. And then uh, TJ Watt, of course, making the huge splash play in the second half by taking that interception down to the five-yard line. And then the Steelers running it in. Uh, and then it was all Steeler football from there on. Uh, passes uh, down the field to George Pickens, passes to Deontay Johnson, running the football, a combination of Najee Harris and um, Jalen Warren. And the Steelers, a dominant second half. And uh, this got lucky on that spot at the end. Um, you know, it's just you, you lose some of those spots. And, you know, Alex, how many times have uh, we seen the Steelers on the bad end of the call? I mean, it's it's okay to get a break once in a while. Uh, they just played a great game, great great second half they played uh, in that road game, and uh, having you know almost three quarters of the stadium being Steeler fans, uh, it doesn't it doesn't hurt them. Yep. Now we'll get into the game this week against Jacksonville Jaguars, who are five and two, Steelers four and two. Uh, Jaguars are favored by minus two on uh, that fine field. Or active this stadium, whatever you prefer. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has eight touchdowns, three interceptions on the season. Kenny Pickett, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Jacksonville beat the Saints on Thursday Night Football last week, 31 24, and beat Indy 37 22 weeks ago. Pittsburgh has two weeks in a row. Um, one, Baltimore beating Baltimore 17 10, then they had a bye week, then they beat LA 24 7. Additionally, the last time they played Steelers won 27-6. That was against rookie quarterback then Jake Hutton. Terrell Edmonds had two interceptions in that game. Minka also had two interceptions. And Chase Claypool caught a touchdown in that one. The players that were still on the team, that are still on the team that played in that game were TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, Deontay Johnson, Chuma Okorafor, Anthony McFarland Jr., Mason Rudolph, Chris Boswell, and 
Dane and Pierre. How do you feel about Steelers games versus Jacksonville this week? Uh, well, you know, they're going to have their hands full. This is a pretty decent uh, Jaguars team. Uh, Travis Etienne, uh, very versatile, uh, running the ball, catching the ball in the backfield. Uh, those receivers, Kirk, Ridley, uh, they're going to have their handfuls with those guys. Uh, you know, Steelers have had trouble uh, covering big-time receivers so far this season. Hopefully, uh, Joey Porter Jr. continues to play uh, uh, more than Levi Wallace in the secondary. Uh, on the uh, offensive side, they got to look out for uh, Josh Allen. Uh, this guy uh, seems to be uh, getting better and better uh, every week, each season. Uh, he's becoming one of the premier pass rushers, so the all line is going to have to deal with them. Uh, you know, hopefully we can play the same kind of football we've been playing. Uh, you know, keeping the game close. Uh, offense is, of course, going to sputter here and there. Uh, get a splash play here and there and help the team. Uh, and then you had, of course, uh, you know, you heard the whole Trevor Lawrence uh, press conference uh, calling the Steeler terrible towel, saying that Steeler fans wave those little yellow towels. Uh, you don't ever disrespect the towel, Alex. You know that. Uh, you know, many players, many teams have done it in the past. Now uh, Trevor Lawrence has. You know what happens when you disrespect the towel. Uh, the chances go from 50-50 to uh, – <laughs> I really don't know if this is true, but it goes from 50-50 to 30-70 uh, uh, in your disadvantage of you not being able to win this game. So – uh, hopefully uh, the Steelers could put uh, a, another uh, complete game together. They're going to need it. They're going to have not. You can't turn the ball over. Can't give Jacksonville a short field. Uh, Kenny Pickett's got to be very careful, uh, like he was this past a weekend against the Rams. So uh, I expect Pittsburgh being another close game uh, against uh, a better foe than the Rams uh, were last weekend. Yep, um, Jack Bobbitt has a lot of weapons on. Offense, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. Um, their offense is Shane Christian Kirk, as an Ingram. Their offense is really good for the most part. They do have a questionable offensive line, so hopefully Steelers can do a good pass rush, like they've been doing. Um, and Darren Jacksonville has a decent defense, but, um, you know, they haven't really been completely tested so far. The Steelers might be able to do something on offense. This week, that's kind of like the scouting report going on um, right now. I think Pittsburgh, if they play similar to last week, have a pretty good chance of playing this. And then hopefully their offense can pick it up even more when they play um, weaker teams in the next two weeks going forward. Uh, it would be nice to get a win against Jacksonville before they they, they play some weaker teams. Um, additionally, I think the offense will score more or less points at half time than last week. Uh, I think the offense gained a little confidence with that second half this week. I think the offense yeah. may put some more points up in the first half and surprise some people. All right. And then what do you think the score of the game will be? I think this could be another close game. Uh, you Steelers usually score more points at home. Uh, so I'm going to say 24-22. With Steelers with another victory. I think it could be similar, like 24 20, 27, 23, maybe. I think they'll score about the same as the Rams and like win, win, it's still a flash, and then 
be able to go up against the weaker opponents in the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll go with you and say 24-20 or something like that. Um, all right. Do you have anything additional, um, final thoughts on any of the games this weekend? Uh, no, I just hope, uh, you know, like we always talk about, Alex, I just hope everyone uh, enjoys uh, watching the weeks in and out. It's already week eight. It's already going fast. Uh, just sit back and enjoy the football. Hopefully we have a, uh, another, uh, you know, good weekend of uh, some good games. Also, don't forget Oregon, Utah uh, on uh, Saturday too, uh, Alex. That's going to be a great game. Number eight versus number 13. And uh, for those on the East Coast, uh, Duke-Louisville, a uh, battle of uh, ranked teams there too. So uh, two other two exciting college games uh, to look out for that go along with all the NFL action on Sunday. Yep, those will be some good games to watch this weekend. All right, we'll send the host out of here. Thank him for coming on again. Follow him on Twitter, fieldbf 72 uh, before we get you guys out of here, I'd like to go over my week eight NFL picks really quickly here. I've got Bills over Tampa Bay. Um, they actually won on Thursday night, so I got that one right. Cowboys versus Los Angeles. Um, Cowboys over Los Angeles. Colts over Saints. Jets over Giants. Falcons over Titans. Seahawks over Browns. KC over Denver. Uh, Sunday night, Chargers over Bears. Texans over Winless Panthers. Green Bay, oh, uh, Vikings over the lowly Green Bay Packers, coming off the Monday night win against the Niners. Dolphins over Patriots, Steelers over Jaguars, Eagles over Commanders, Baltimore over Arizona. I have San Francisco over Bengals, but I think that one actually could go either way. But I have San Francisco, and then the Monday night Lions over Raiders. And with that, we thank you again for listening to our NFL rundown of Week Eight. We hope you enjoy all the college. Special game this weekend.